This episode of the Granddad's Basement Podcast is brought to you by Lopez Newton Realtors at Long Realty, a higher form of realty. If you need help buying a home, we can help. If you are selling a home, we can help. Lopez Newton Realtors ranks in the top one half of 1% of realtors in the nation. We got a clue. We got a hold of this. We know what we're doing. We can help you out looking to buy, looking to sell, looking to invest. You know, and if you, if you need to get out of a situation, we, you know, we can maybe point you in the right direction to get you out of whatever situation you may be in and make you a little bit of money in the process. Hope is not lost. Go to www.lopeznewton.com to find out how you can get 3% more money in 30% less time than the market's average. This episode of The Basement is also brought to you by Populum CBD. What do you know about CBD? It's great for inflammation. It's great for gut health. It's great for respiratory issues. It's great for mental health. I don't know what you're waiting for, why you're not on the CBD just yet. You have a whole endocannabinoid system which needs to be fed. But what are you supposed to put in this endocannabinoid system? It sounds important. Well, that's because it is. Uh, Populum, third-party, tested, verified, purest you can get. Uh, Go to www.populum.com. That's P-O-P-U-L-U-M. Enter code word NOMAD when you check out. You're going to get 15% off because I gotcha. Veterans, they got veteran support. You're going to have to go to at Get Populum. Follow the link in their bio. Uh, That's going to hook you up with the veteran discount. But uh, as you can hear, uh, we got a young man in the background. He wants us to get to the basement. So uh, everybody uh, had a amazing fantastic conversation about just life with uh james willis the front man of abe's bones i will delay no longer uh everybody be cool feels good to be king when I your subjects are broken little things Feels good to be kind When it's the only thing that keeps you alive And I'm alone most of the time now Now I'm the only one worth hanging around And I can really put my roots down now I'm the only one in Welcome to Best Man Yeah. <laughs> you get the headphones behind the. There we go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Okay. I feel like I'm camping in the camp chair holding a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know you love that shit, though. <laughs> yeah, this feels real. <laughs> Just chilling in the basement. James. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the basement. Thank you so much, Odin. The last time you came through, as I was telling you, I pretty much I had just put the dog down. 
couple yeah. of days ago. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I was at my best. Yeah. So I'm glad you come back through. I want to give you a proper introduction <laughs> as to where I'm not hum, glum, and drum, hum, glum, dwelling and drum. on uh, putting the dog down, still trying to figure out what the fuck went down on my last mushroom trip. So uh, uh, I got that all nailed out. I think under nice. wraps, have, nice. have had some good conversations with some people about about life and yeah, had some yeah, realizations sure. and uh, have gotten down, broke down on the level with uh, with the wife a little bit. So uh, I'm nice. feeling good. I'm feeling better. I'm glad you could make it back nice. and uh, we can coordinate this. But uh, why don't you suck that mic up uh, up to that beard a little bit Eat closer? Yeah, Eat get the it, mic. Get it, just keep it uh, keep it right at the beard level. Beard and level we'll mic. Be, we'll be good we to go. go. Okay. Uh, so, uh, from Phoenix, Phoenix area. Yes, uh, Phoenix metro area. Phoenix metro. Phoenix metro area. Much to my chagrin. Well, really, I I, I kind of tell. I mean, I kind of grew up all over the area. Area like I spent my childhood kind of in the city, but right when I was eight years old, about eight to fifteen years old, I moved way out of the city, kind of out uh, in the boonies. It was like behind, but uh, it was like a real like rural area. There were a lot hmm. of like mobile homes and stuff out there. I was behind a bunch of cotton fields and cornfields. Out in the desert, though. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was like forty miles to the highway. <laughs> okay, so we were up in the mountain at all. Uh, I, well, I didn't. What's that? Were you up in the mountains at all? No, that was still uh, in the plains. I was kind of out by the Superstition mm. Springs Mountains, so I was kind of near there, but I wasn't too close to them. I definitely wasn't high in elevation. And then I moved in. When my parents got divorced when I was like fourteen, and I moved in town with my mom. Okay. So yeah. And yeah. then, so I want to go back to that. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me hang <laughs> on to that. And then you made your way to Flagstaff. Yeah, I moved to Flagstaff because well, I went to um. I was going to film school in California for about a semester. Oh, we never covered that. <laughs> we never touched base on this. I went to a Catholic film school in California for one semester, and I was like, this is terrible. I don't want to do this. And I probably spent about five grand on one semester at that school. Ah. Yeah, it was rough. I was I did not know what I was Self-funded? doing. Self-funded? Yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah, almost Ooh. all of it was me. And then uh, that was about uh, 2015, somewhere around there. I was, I was 19. And then, no, that was 2014, so I was 19. And then I moved, my mom was going to school in Flagstaff, and I was like, well, I'll just move there, and I'll go to community college and get a get an associate's degree, and I can live for free in my mom's house. So I went and moved there, and then, yeah, Flagstaff, and then down here. Tucson. Tucson. Tucson strong. <laughs> no doubt. Right on. That's a, that's a quick little recap. So, hold, okay, I mean, can we, let me, I want to dive in. I yeah. Had, I had, uh, <laughs> Right. So when your parents got divorced at 14, yeah, that's a pivotal age. Cause oh, yeah. I hear if a divorce is going to happen, what I've read, researched. Yeah. Uh, I look into a lot of Dr. John Gottman okay. uh, for relationship type stuff, uh-huh. uh, marriage therapy, uh-huh. divorce, you know, raising kids and stuff. He's got some good stuff. Sure. Uh, and his wife is highly involved in his business as well, in his practice. But uh, they talk about uh, if it happens before two. Yeah. And if it happens after 16, yeah. kids usually end up just fine. Yeah. And I, you know, my parents were never married, so I don't have the effect of a divorce, right. you know, but yeah, you know, I got other impacts from not, right. having sure, a, not having a dad <laughs> and growing up, you know, kind of poor in the situations that, you know, course, lower income yeah. find themselves in stereotypically just yeah. across the country. Um, so, but you're at 14. Yeah. When this happens. Yeah. And so how did you take that? Like how, you know, do you remember, is there a clear moment where there's a before and after? Like, yeah. When it becomes two Christmases, like what, I mean, what is that like when you're coming as a, you know, a pubescent male? That's not even really that long ago. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. you were, you were alive longer with your parents together Ten than years, you have been yeah. since they've been divorced. Yeah. And still, you know, a young man roaming around. Yeah. Uh, this earth. So like, you know, 
talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I feel like definitely I think that my sister being, I had a little sister too, and she was nine, and she kind of really went through it. She went through it more than I did at 14. That's real rough. Yeah. Like, super prepubescent. Yeah, and yeah. She was a kid. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to know other stuff in high school. Like, yeah. Like, you know, just it's yeah. a that little bit different, but still highly impactful. But then yeah. you have an older sister too? I have an older sister okay. and an older brother. And both of them were pretty much, my older sister was around and about. My brother was already at school. He was in college. And my older sister was kind of like, there but not like super there all the time so it, it really felt like me and my sister who now we live together again yeah but it felt like me and my sister uh we really took the brunt of that on the ground right there mm-hmm. and um i don't know i mean my parents now are kind of like i look back at them and i go like why how did they ever get married you know what i mean yeah. it's like two that you were like why were you ever what yeah, did you guys that have in college yeah well, how what does that happen there what follows there i don't understand it but um, my I, I I was able to handle it kind of okay. I think that I handled it the best I could. I had at that age. I had so much other stuff going on in my life, along with the fact that being homeschooled, I had like, I was able to use that kind of tumultuous time in my parents' life to to benefit myself and having a lot of free time and teaching myself other skills and taking advantage of that stuff by working and everything. So I was working a lot at the time period i taught myself guitar around the same time period i was in bands playing drums around the same time so i was able to kind of use that um space that my parents were able to give me because they were dealing with their own shit um to my full advantage as an individual at that time because i feel like a lot of 14 year olds don't get to have you know a whole day a week just to spend entirely on what they want to do. And I got pretty much, I got pretty much all seven of those for four years getting to decide exactly what I wanted to do at the time that I wanted to do it. I knew actually a whole lot of people who got to do exactly what they wanted to do for Mm -hmm. a whole day and Mm -hmm. days and weeks on end, but it was hood rat shit. (laughs) It was never anything educational or productive. Like those motherfuckers out doing street shit. So, um, so no, that, that's awesome. Like it's, it's interesting. I, I was listening to this, comedian uh comedian the other day and the, the big uh, forgive me i'll butcher the co- yeah the comedic bit here but sure. it's uh yeah you got these uh i got these homeschool kids on my <laughs> block my wife and i just bought a house you know yeah they look like normal kids <laughs> but then they come up and talk to you and that's when you know when they say our dad puts honey in our milk like, just, like, just like, they're just a little off like hi how's it going our dad puts honey in our milk so just like and I can't, I can't even credit that comedian. I don't recall who it was, so my apologies. I don't That's one for the listeners shit. to figure out. Yeah, it's yeah, a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. Go, go find it. Yeah, years later, you're gonna find that on, uh, when you're listening to this stand up. Like, what the hell just happened? Um, yeah, I feel like definitely homeschooling for me. Um, for me, it worked. My little sister, it she will. She says to this day that she she ended up going to high school at some point. Oh, okay. And so for her, and she had to force my mom to make her go to let her go. And my other siblings helped convince my mom to let that happen too, because she was just my little sister was just someone who eh, homeschooling just isn't for. It's just it's just not for. And it's not like the school system is good for her either. But it definitely right. she needed more social interaction on a structured basis. She needed that in her life. She couldn't just. She needed that. So you are a highly socialized individual. <laughs> like I give you, like I've met a lot of homeschool kids yeah. just throughout my travels. And sure. Just, the, like you, you know, I never know, but yeah. when somebody points out to me, it's like, ah, oh, okay, I, yeah, yeah, seemed a little weird. Yeah, like, yeah. So 
but never would have p- picked you out of a homeschool kid lineup. Like yeah. you seem extra well adjusted. So like yeah. the social skills, the the getting to a day a week, you get to do what you want, mm-hmm. and then mixed in like what out el- like what else did you go through? Like I mean, your mom must have been like one hell of a teacher. Yeah, I well she was a, we had a lot of other teachers going on like in my so in we we were part of a homeschool group and as you're part of a homeschool group there are other parents who have like degrees and other stuff and they will like you put on classes for the kid for the clip for a group Super of children organized yeah. that's yeah that's there is so like dope. there is like some level of organization if you're part of a homeschool group that does allow for a social a decent like social group however and and also being part I was raised catholic so also being part of the church there were like you know youth nights and stuff like that that I would go to but um so how was growing up in a cult <laughs> how was growing up in a cult that's a great question you know as far as cults go uh catholicism is a little uh a little more forgiving um, also depending on like the people, you know, cause there's definitely a huge amount of people who are just like, yeah, I'm Catholic. I go to church every couple of weeks or whatever. And you know, whatever. And then there's like the other spectrum of that, which is a little closer to what my family is, uh, on. Um, I think it was definitely, I took it for granted for a lot of my life, uh, up until I was about 20. Honestly, I didn't really stop going to church or anything since I was until I did mushrooms for the first time. Um, what did you take for granted? I took, I took like the nature of our world being based in that sort of religious concept. Like I was like, oh, well this, I didn't question Catholicism. I didn't question religion. I didn't, I didn't go like, well this, why is that? I was like, yeah, this makes sense. This is the reason all these, you know, people figured it out forever ago. And that's the period on the end of the sentence when it comes to spirituality. And that's what you know. I mean, that's what, you know, what was ingrained in you psychologically. Yeah. You know, that was the nature or the nurture. Well, there's this ben- there's life. this thing that I think goes understated when people talk about religion and uh uh um uh and cults and gen- cults are a different story, but definitely like wide scale religion, you're told you're brought up being told that you are to some degree like punk. Like people aren't for you. Like people don't want you. Like to be religious, which it's it, an interesting perspective. They, they yeah, twist yeah. it around on you because, like, uh-huh. every coming out of that, you go like, "Wait a second, no, we're in. We're you know, conservative people are in charge of the world. Religious people are in charge of the world. They use religion as a power to control and manipulate people on mass, and to encourage some sort of societal hierarchy that forces some people beneath other people. You know, that's like what religion is used for in a social basis, especially politically." It's not something like that's, um, you know, I guess, um, against the grain. Religion isn't isn't against the grain, especially at least in America, and especially with Catholicism. There's a country that's just Catholics. <laughs> yeah, and they have thirty women there. It's yeah, weird, right? <laughs> it's a little weird. A whole country with thirty women. There. That's, uh, I don't necessarily for Granddad's basement. Uh, listeners who haven't broke into anything mm-hmm. religion yet, yeah. at least that I can think of yet, and that was so eloquently and well put, oh, and I you. wouldn't say it necessarily any different. We don't need to even expand sure. and uh, sing to the choir. We're on the exact same page on yeah. the religious tip, but I was brought up, you know, yes, you're Christian, Christian household. We yeah. went to church every now yeah. and then. For a while, we were in some indoctrination type yeah. stuff with my mom's first marriage. Mm-hmm. That dude 
long story short, was a sheep fucker. Yeah. Not, not like that's not a euphemism for anything. <laughs> being very literal with my words. So they ended up getting divorced, and that was kind of the beginning. That was the very beginnings of my life uh, with that. So uh, yeah, oh I'm not. God. I found my way out of. I had my first uh, psilocybin experience in uh, high school. Mm. Uh, total. Didn't understand, know any research about yeah. it. I mean, the, this is yeah. not, not, I think I was, I had my driver's license, so it was mm-hmm. 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not didn't, didn't, didn't know anything about you sure? just you can get fucked up up. And, and yeah. I was a kid who liked to get fucked up because yeah. I was a fucked up kid. Yeah. Like, all right, cool, let's do this then. So, uh, me and my buddy, we just had a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't anything revolutionary, anything mind blowing. But sure. what I feel like as my brain was still developing, I'm 16 years old, yeah. that that, <clears throat> made me feel it was lo- a long. It was your first dose while yeah. your brain's still developing. This these dopamines and are in you now for a little bit. Yeah, because psilocybin has a proven long term effect on yeah. depression, anxiety, for sure, <clears throat> mental health issues. So I think that made me feel good for a really long time. And then my second one was ten years after that. And then mm-hmm. I've had some more uh, recently, which I've touched on in the podcast, and uh, I'm sure I'll go back to. And if, you know, I've shared a little bit with you at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, but. Uh, so your first psilocybin or hallucinogenic yeah. experience came at 20? Yeah, it was psilocybin. So you're yeah. going through, okay, family life. And when your parents were married, you're still, it was still a religious Catholic yeah, household. Yeah, I didn't. I think I, I probably got the only, like, you know, quote, drug, unquote, that I ever got myself into when I was, like, a kid was alcohol. I never, I never smoked weed or did anything like I didn't have access to it. You know, mm-hmm. I think being homeschooled and stuff, I just, I... Right. Wouldn't even if you would ask me at seventeen Isn't years old where where drawer. do you want to go buy some pot? I'd be like, yeah. I don't know no. how to possibly ever get that. <laughs> um, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> in high school we used to get. Have you ever seen swag or just bullshit uh, weed? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Highly compressed. Yeah, just yeah. The worst, <laughs> lowest of the low. There- <laughs> like the leftover shit from Woodstock There's we a were story. getting in Eau Claire, Wisconsin <laughs> Eau Claire, in the Wisconsin. 90s, man. Jesus Christ. Hey, man. I, uh... Did the trick, man. Just roll up a fat-ass Philly and be yeah. good to go. A Philly <laughs> Titan. A Philly, a Philly Titan. Titan. <laughs> Everything in here pays on. If I have a, I have a what joke about that, which is a little side note. In Flagstaff, when I worked at a conference center that was on campus, I was... um. I was just, a, you know, you just a server at a conference center, different people, banquet hall kind of server stuff. And um, I was weird. There was some event going on and I saw two. Um, they were, um, uh, what do you call it? There's a, there's another company that like has employees that the, that this conference center would pay out the employees. It didn't have often regular employees. It had like people that they would hire from other companies who would come and okay. take the role. So it was two of these guys who weren't there all the time. They were there some of the time. And one of them was a new guy, and the other guy had been around for a while. And, and I walked up to the guy who had been there for a while, and he was laughing. I, he caught my eye because he was laughing, talking to this other guy. And I was like, what's going on? He was like, this guy paid $40 for a gram. <laughs> <laughs> of cocaine? No. <laughs> <laughs> then your prices aren't making your price sense. Is in Flagstaff. Maybe there's inflation. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> damn. That was funny, yeah. He was like some 18-year-old. He didn't know what he was doing. But hey, <laughs> this is what it is, right? Yeah. There's an episode of The Office where Michael is like, the, the, irregular- the, the office manager is like, he goes down to the warehouse guys. You guys, uh, you know where I can get some some pot? Like, what? What makes you think I got pot? <laughs> Just because he's a warehouse worker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what does that. he buy? He buys like Caprizi salad from one of the guys out of the back in a Ziploc bag. He's trying to plant it on somebody else in the office. Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny. Yeah. Uh, hey, but he's like $300. <laughs> $300. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, how much do you want? Um, like, 
one? He's like, <laughs> all right, $300. He's like, really? Yep. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then it gives him the salad. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh no, it was it was a great experience too that first um journey on psilocybin because it was an honest like walk out to the woods with a couple of friends. I had two people who were staying sober and then it was me and three of my friends who we called affectionately the dream team in Flagstaff. How did you decide you were going to go out in the woods? Y'all got together and had a conversation? Yeah, I think it just arrived. We were like, well, I mean, I don't know. We were all like, that seems like the thing that you're supposed to do on mushrooms. It was like, oh, you go out in the woods and do it. I don't know. That seems like, you know, like the, you know, 1969 Woodstock. And and we're in Flagstaff, so it's like all we have to do is drive. 20 minutes and we're out in the middle of nowhere in the woods you know we're separated from everybody we don't have to worry about anything so we went out to some place i could if if we were in a car i could drive you exactly to the place where we went um but uh i drove past it last time i was in flagstaff because i was going up to the lava tubes it's out by the lava tubes in flagstaff you're just yeah i drove (sighs) past like that's it yeah i was the only one who had a good time yeah and we all did a full a full eighth and yeah, that was the first time I ever did anything. Cause we just, we got the guy. <laughs> yeah. We were all like, how much should we, how much we asked him? I think we were like, how much should we do? We want a trip. And he was like, well, to trip, if you want a trip, you should all get an eighth. And I was that like, that is <laughs> for one's first time. Yeah. At 20 years old, yeah. and your brain is still formulating your yeah. first experience with other your peers yeah. who don't have any prior yeah. experiences. Yeah. My girlfriend and our two friends. Yeah. Um, that's a heroic, yeah, mind bending. I dose. yeah, I woke up as I tell people it was the most like classic shit. I woke up as a child. I lived my life. I died, and then I woke up again. It was incredible. It was it was absolutely like, it was nothing else. And that's one of the things that like brought my attention. Like, this is the thing that you've been searching for. You're not going to get it from anything else. Okay, uh, pause. My I want to start. <laughs> my my wife and I have pause. had conversations. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, she's not closed to the idea of trying yeah. it sometime. Yeah, I would not start her at over a half gram. <laughs> like after her and I have some kind of ego bending conversations yeah. up front. Like, hang on, I, we probably got to air some stuff out. You knew this is what I think. Have you yeah. actually? You know, just to break down a psychological sure, thing yeah. and then go at it. Yeah, and uh, you guys just joined dive right in off Niagara yeah, Falls. It was, it was, Niagara it was Falls bonkers. in a barrel, baby. Yeah, it was bonkers. I, uh... So do you have, like, I mean... It and was... I was... I, I, I'll give this again to the audience. I, out of four people who did it, I was the only one who had a positive experience. Everyone else went to the... went to hell and came back. At 20 years old, you're, so you're all 18 to 22-ish, or all 20, whatever, yeah. your, your, your brain is still not physically formed you're yeah. still forming you're still full of raging hormones your yeah. testosterone levels are all yeah. time high women's you know hormones and mm-hmm. estrogen levels are just up and down you don't you don't you're not even at a baseline sure. like there's no reason like you're still yeah. you're there's still un unbrought up and dealt with childhood yeah. issues oh, yeah. that like that, <laughs> that are still that maybe oh, yeah. just happened a week ago cuz yeah. you're still a child yeah. it's unlikely yeah that psilocybin or any hallucinogen is going to put you in a good time. Good space. Like it, it, that. It that, was strange. James, that makes me want to give your mother a hug. <laughs> it was strange. No, and I won't, I mean, I, I am blown away that it had that same effect too. Now learning what I now have learned. Um, I haven't, I think I, for, and I don't, I don't know. This takes a lot of whole 
a whole lot of just like general assumptions about the you know we have to start at square one to kind of base up my idea of the reason why that I had a good time versus other people which is just that uh, it's just that we you know people starting out have accumulated so much experience as an individual over the course of time and there's no way to really track where the nature versus nurture falls in that but I think I am just somebody who can handle that because of the experiences that I've had in my life. I don't think I don't it's not a common experience and I don't encourage people to just do that amount. I if I had known what I know now about the experiences other people have had on psychedelics, I wouldn't I probably would have been like, oh, I'll do half an ounce, half a gram, half a excuse me, half a gram or a gram or not four grams. Um, But uh, I'm and I'm very lucky to not have had my brain broken because everyone else had their brain broken. And I've known many people since then who've done mushrooms and much smaller amounts and still had their brain broken. It's a very powerful thing that needs to be taken with treated with respect and care. A complete and true, pure (laughs) respect and care because it's from whatever you want to call it. It's my God, the universe, the the oneness, the earth and everything here. Like it's here. Well, we think about, you think about things like, you know, on, on, different versions of things that exist of life on earth you have like plants you have fungus and you've got animals and then there's like single-celled organisms and stuff from which all of those plants fungus and animals come from and there's some i've i've you know it don't i hope the i hope the listeners if any of them are uh biologists they don't come knocking on my door or i ask them to come knocking on my door if i'm wrong about this but i there seems to be some information and research recently that goes to show that humans actually animals in general are more likely to have arrived from a fungal fungal cell than a plant cell. Um, yeah, Dr. Paul Stamets is yeah right? he's high like leading kind mm-hmm. of that conversation. Like to, he's got some some amazing work, uh-huh. but and and even beyond psilocybin, just yeah. fungus and mushrooms yeah. in general. Yeah. He's the like the world's leading or yeah. he's the U.S. leading researcher There's on fungus. There's incredible stuff far, about him. Yeah, uh, but like just the what fungus eating mushrooms can do just having them in your diet what they yeah. do for your brain i love just your your basic yeah. brain health you know psychological Some neurological studies like how, how good it is for Shiitake? you and just for your body yeah it's, it's, it's good stuff so good for you yeah. i eat a overall. lot of noodles that per- i eat a lot of like ramen noodles as like the one of the hallmarks of my diet like but i get like the nice ramen noodles you know what i mean i make i make a big bowl of noodles you know i got a lot of stuff going in there being vegetarian it's one of the like having a lot of carbs from is is important uh, i mean it's a, it's a macro in anybody's diet but a lot of people kind of just eat a lot of uh, protein and stuff and take a lot of energy from that but are they rice noodles uh well ramen noodles are wheat noodles aren't they i don't know i was asking i don't know i think they're wheat noodles we'll have to come back to it yeah um, come back to it <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... jamie what's the is this jerry yeah <laughs> if only if only i want my brother-in-law to uh to eventually Do that one, for you. Day, one day to, to be the producer so <laughs> that way i don't have to produce and host but. yeah yeah man that's uh yeah that's wild but uh so you i mean you have this heroic dose you come yeah. out on the other end it, Changed, and, a changed and, person, enlightened, I, uh, uh, but negatively unscathed. You know, you, you were yeah. able to internalize and come out and have some type of enlightenment. Were there specifics that happened? Yeah. You know, within the moment, or was it all a feeling? Uh, I've never gone that deep. That's a good question to ask. Uh, it there is a a feeling that arises in me from that amount of psychedelics in my body, and when I put them in. Like, it, I, I don't know if I've ever done that amount of mushrooms again. 
I don't think I've, I don't know if I've ever eaten a full. I've never done a full four gram dose like that before, since then. It's not necessarily a reason to. But I have done, I would say, the equivalent, if not more, in LSD. Mm. And that is a completely different experience um, and a much stranger experience. With, with psilocybin, when I did that dose, I felt, you know, very much like I was one with the world. I guess this is the way I was one with the world. And with LSD, my experience, when I did an incredible dose on that, I felt the world was one with me. Oh, so when I'm, I only have psilocybin, my yeah. LSD experience was a highly handled sugar cube yeah. over several hands, and all it did was slow down time for me. I just yeah. went on acid time. Yeah. That, there was nothing. So basically yeah. it never happened. I've done some other weird synthetic stuff, which was just bad news. Sketch, Stay away yeah. from just being in a bad place. And yeah. Tr- trying weird stuff, man. For sure, yeah. People do stuff. But when I'm on psilocybin, I feel the, that oneness with... Mm. In my complete surroundings, yeah. everything and entirely, yeah. um, and also my entire DNA chain. Like yeah. I feel my complete ancestry. I yeah. feel at one with myself. Yeah, you feel from, like a cycle. I feel bad. everything. Like I can feel the Vikings. I can feel the slaves. Yeah. I can feel whomever. Like this build is generational. Yeah. Like my ancestor was the lookout climbing up a tree. Just yeah. seeing what was going on. That's that's my frame. Like, yeah. you know, it's just evolutionary. Sure, I would have yeah. been on some, some whatever the athletes yeah. back in the day were yeah. doing, climbing trees and being lookouts. Yeah. And, you know, while the other people were lifting rocks, while the other people were getting water and, yeah. you know, building random stuff. Anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> LSD <laughs> makes the earth, the world feel within you. Say it again. I think that's. I think what I what I said there was psilocybin. When I did that heroic dose, as you said, um, I felt very much as one with the world. And since I've done mushrooms with that, I felt you know being a part of a much larger thing. Um, whereas my experience with LSD, and I don't think I've put this into words as much until now, but it felt it feels very much like the <laughs> the world is one within me. Like I feel singular and containing a multitude of. It's containing everything that I am perceiving versus being a part of everything that I'm perceiving. Wow. It's it's simultaneously and they're both equally make you feel as like large and as small as each other. Um but uh yeah, with with my experience my last like really intense experience on acid was um very the reverse of disassociative (laughs) like where i was like all me i felt like what it was like i felt in my head i was like this must be what it feels like to be crazy i remember coming out of that i meant i was like this must be what it feels like to be insane i felt like i was like talking to myself and like Mm. uh just like chittering around and being all like i felt like a little goblin you know i felt like smeagol in lord of the rings that's what i felt like on that synthetic jazz i took like i got just, I ended up having to go look in the mirror and yeah. just like, as, as I'm freaking out, just in my head, like. It's the one thing they tell you not to do. <laughs> I don't know. I felt I had to overcome. Somebody told me that too, like beforehand. Like I knew that, but I was like, I got to do it. I got to talk to myself right now because, yeah. like, I feel I've never been so detached where my conscience completely shut off. Uh-huh. Conscious me has always oh, yeah. been yeah. there, whether he's driving or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always. 
Yeah. Maybe sometimes even in the back seat, but yeah. it's never out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. So, but conscious me was like, seat, I remember looking car. looking in the mirror, <laughs> and going, "You just need to go to sleep." Uh huh. You are freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. As like. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing all. It's all like I was looking at two mirrors, one in front and one behind, in the the infinite reflection. Yeah, it was like that, just going back and forth, back and forth. It's like you need to just go to sleep. Yeah, it will stop. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. I think I ended. I I went to bed, woke up. It hadn't stopped. Went back to bed, woke up. I was fine, but I was just like, what in the mother? (laughs) It was just um, too much of a bad thing. Yeah. Acid is acid is weird, and it's and I feel like. I don't know. It, it's it's another extremely powerful thing that is its own thing. It's hard to like describe in comparison. I think the lots of times, oh, hallucinogenics are all this. You know, hallucinogenics are hallucinogenics. But there's a big difference between bumping coke and doing math. You know, there's a big difference yeah. between you know mushrooms and acid. There's a big difference between acid mushrooms and DMT. There's a big difference between getting drunk and getting high. Even though they're both suppressants, you know, even though they're both depressants, they're significantly different experiences. So I think no, that, no yeah, it's like, it's like, I don't know. I think that's strange that they often get like, you know, put into the same box when it's very, um, it's not fair. Different. Yeah. yeah. Like when like coming from, say you're in a state where marijuana mm-hmm. is illegal yeah. or maybe even still a little shunned upon because mm-hmm. you got an extra surplus of boomers mm-hmm. still hanging mm-hmm. on the, the younger boomers <laughs> that are still uh, holding things down, but to just, you know, be just uh, I don't know. It's oppressive in any which way yeah, it goes, but they're no all they're all different. Like can't lump it together. You can't, like I've seen you have a drink. Like yeah. what are you talking about? We've had yeah. a drink together, sir. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, so yeah. what's your issue with uh, what I got going? But yeah. I want to go back. Yeah. To so when you when you're you know you live you live this entire life you die <laughs> when you're 20 and you come out yeah. and you have this I mean what's the reflection period at what point. Does then you're like, no, there's something else out here. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't with what I was taught. And like I'm able to move past the the family yeah. norm, the grain, yeah. perhaps, you know, become a tainted name within the family right. or yeah. you know, whatever ramifications psychologically yeah. you gotta deal with as yeah. you come out of this, you know, like how do you get there? You know? Yeah. Well there's I think there's there's a lot of stuff at play within that but um at the end of the day the thing that like kind of solidified it again was just like doing more psychedelics over the course of time and like having that experience again repeated not in the same intensity but like a similar like that feeling arising within me of connection with things and being a part of everything and seeing it all laid out in plain view understanding uh you know the flow of is just everything's the everything's the same. Atoms are just smaller versions of the things that go after them, and larger versions of the things that come before them. That's like the fundamental. That's my fundamental understanding of the universe. Hmm. Um, things just are slightly larger and slightly more dense than other things. That's the only difference between anything in the universe um, and beyond. And beyond, and yeah. What we don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's um, one thing. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't. Uh, I don't remember who said. Or go ahead. But I was going to say that that. I remembered um, the kind of thing I go back to me. I I knew people who had religious experiences. I knew a girl who joined. Um, uh, uh, the, she became a woman of the cloth. She became a nun, and she's the, one of the youngest nuns in the country at the time. She was 
15 years old. She, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, wow. she had to get permission. There was all these sort of jump humps, things she had to jump through, and she's still in under this day. Because she saw God. Because she saw God. And I'm not, I'm not discounting that experience. She's Catholic. I'm not going to discount that experience because I've seen God too. And I think that some, for some people, it's going to display itself in that way, in, in, within the confines of a religion. And for some people, it's going to display itself outside of the confines of religion. And I, it was just, I saw the face of God outside the confines of religion. And I said, oh, this is clearly not for me. This is somebody else's and I don't belong here. It's not even like a, it's not even a decision on my part. I could, like, I, the decision would be to show up at a location once a week and sit there for an hour. It's, it's not a, it's not a decision. It's just the nature of my reality is that I can no longer partake in this. It's just not my perception. It's fundamentally different from mine. So that's, this is not how God has shown themselves to me. This is not how God has shown himself to me. This is, this is just not it. Yeah, on the religion note, it just, it never, it doesn't make sense to me. The more we know and are able to learn, mm -hmm. the less and less we should need religion, this yeah. explanation of stuff. God fits in in what we can't explain. Yet. Yeah, yeah. That unexplainable space mm -hmm. that, you know, that, what are we, they can only account for, what, 99.8% like yeah. of the matter that makes up human? Yeah. Like, what is that other point two percent For sure, point yeah. zero two, whatever it is. Yeah. Just like, yeah. But, huh. Yeah. yeah. And I think that for some people, it, it presents itself in a non-existent God, in a world that exists solely as it is without that level, you know, there for them. Sometimes that's the way God presents himself to people is by not being there at all. Sometimes that's what people need. So right now, today, uh, I want to get up out of here. I want to wrap up with, uh, I, want you to, I want you to play us out. But uh, okay. before, before you play us out, <laughs> what, uh, what happens when we die? Mm. From James uh, Willis. What happens right when you now die? today in your life? Your your view on that? Uh, in the in this form, in this physical form, I think the the physical form, you know, sits in a grave and rots away. I think that whatever happens when we die is whatever we have ordained for ourselves over the course of our lives to play out after we die. If you've brought joy and peace to the world, you experience joy and peace after death. If you brought hate and anger and frustration to the world, then that's what you experience. James Willis, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, abesbones.bandcamp.com. I have a show at Skybar on December 5th if you'd like to come see me play. I'm not 100% sure what time, but in the evening. Come through. Two song come show love. Yes. Okay. May I? I can go whenever. Whenever you're ready, man. All right. This song is called There Must Have Been Something in the Water. shadow is clear I heard your voice it sounds like thunder I can feel it when I cannot hear I was speaking to birds and insects making phone calls to friends I don't see driving two hours to stand in your shower half of all I didn't want to be but Oh, you didn't have answers, just guesses and Jane to succeed I took all I wanted, you lost all your berries, babe Sold for the price of a seed 
my heart You look crazy in the moonlight And in daylight Your shadow is clear I heard your voice It sounds like thunder Oh, I can feel it When I cannot hear There must have been Something in the water It's liquor It's sadness It's weed Driving two hours to stand in your shower It's the baptism I really need But, oh, you stole all my clothes, babe There was no good way to be I took all I wanted You lost all your berries Oh, sold for the price of a seed It sounds like thunder, babe I can feel it When I cannot hear Out of here? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get up out of here. I'm gonna go outside.